Oh my goodness. Okay. I guess we are doing this. I am recording this at 9.35 a.m. on Valentine's Day, aka February 14th, aka Independence Day for some of us, and it's early in the morning, so for any rookie veterans, you know that I am very congested in the morning. I have an ankle condition, so (laughs) I took some meds and chugged a lot of water, but I am still kind of congested. About to take a big sip right now. Gosh, I don't know why I am nervous for this one. I guess first off, happy Valentine's Day. Today's episode is going to be a very special one inspired by to all the boys I've loved before as I give a recap on my current dating status situation and tell you guys a bit about all the boys I've loved before. So let's get into it. It's rookies in the real world. Whoa, with Lauren Lapid as your host. It's time for real talk on becoming an adult. Okay, here we go again. Happy Valentine's Day. For this interlude, how do I even ex- like start to explain what this will be? Here's how this episode is going to go down. I am going to give you all an update on my dating life. Shocker to no one. I am single. And then in spirit of Valentine's Day and one of my guilty pleasure book series of all times, I'm going to read to you all five letters to all of the boys I have loved before. A little bit of a preface on why I'm recording this. When I asked for feedback on what you guys wanted for season two at the end of season one all of those months ago, a lot of you asked for more solo episodes and for more quote-unquote vulnerability for me. Someone said, and I quote, give us the tea on who you were before you became the serial dating commitment phobe fuck girl. Wow. Okay. First off, I know this wasn't a malicious comment. It actually made me laugh like really hard, but let's unpack the statement a little bit. Okay. Serial dating. Yes. Okay. Totally guilty as charged for all of summer. And then I met a guy at the end of summer and started dating him right around like the end of season one. So I really didn't talk about him. I didn't say shit on the podcast because I really liked him and he knew about the podcast and I didn't want to fuck things up. But then he fucked things up anyway. So fuck him. Whatever. (laughs) Commitment folk. If there is anything that New York City is in regards to dating. And again, I cover this in my episode. Um, with Sarah from the Subtext Pod, go give that a listen if you haven't. It's and if you have, it's still like really fucking funny to listen back to. So definitely go listen to that. But New York City is like truly a cesspool of guys who are afraid of commitment. And I will dive into it more during the second segment of this city. But this is a very liminal second. Wow, it's early. The second segment of this episode. But this is a liminal city. There is so much come and go. It's really hard to want to commit to someone, but also I feel like it's just harder to find somebody who wants to commit to you. Uh, So yeah, I I totally get the commitment phobe part. New York City really did that to me. And then, yes, fuck girl. I will have all of you know that since the last guy and I, you know, we're just going to call him Ivy bro because we need a code name for him and he went to an Ivy League and that was probably his only redeeming quality. But since Ivy Boy and I ended things on my birthday, lol, I actually haven't really seen anyone since. No kisses, no sex. I am pretty much a born-again virgin, lol, jk, I'm fully joking. 
But really, I I think in terms of just COVID safety and work being a mess, me starting a new job, uh, me and then of course just like me wanting to make memories with my girlfriends. I have departed from my fuck girl phase. Is that permanent? No. But I'm not currently on the streets trying to like fuck. You know? Does that make sense? Okay. We're gonna we're gonna move on. But it's really funny because I realize now, like when I saw those questions and those comments, I am at a point in my life where the majority of people that I interact with on a day-to-day basis never knew who I was. Like they never knew me while I was in a relationship. And I think um, in terms of my love life, you can look at it through the lens of before and after the big breakup with a man that I consider the love of my life which is now two and a half years ago. I'm not bitter. I'm really not. I know I just sounded really bitter, but I promise you I'm not. That was, it feels like a lifetime ago. It's just funny to see how far I've fallen, but whatever. When I show people old photos because they ask and they scroll through my archived Instagram feed because when we broke up, I didn't have the heart to delete it all because I'm a simp. Um, They're always just like beyond shocked because it's a different me that they see. And I'm not going to get into it now because you have the rest of, you have five letters for, for your, for your own sanity. You have five letters you're about to listen to that you can unpack on your own. But yeah, I'm not going to get into it now, but it's always a sobering reminder to myself that every love I've had makes me glow a little different. And that single but happy Lauren eventually does want a partner to share these experiences with again one day. But okay, let's move on to the juicy bit. Where, oh, where is my current love life at? In the most non-pitiful way, because I actually am very happy. I am single and I am happy about it. But if there is a single story from Single Lauren's Arsenal that sums up the kind of guys I attract and am attracted to, here we go. A senior year after the breakup, I met a guy on, it was either Bumble or Hinge, um, God, I can't even remember now. Fuck, it's been that long. But he and I like clicked from the get go. Super cute guy, tall, like seemed well built, went to Harvard, just like just this very, very accomplished guy without the pretentious air. And we bonded over our Spotify playlist with like crazy names and we were texting all the time and we matched because he had been home for the holidays. I guess like Harvard was back for Thanksgiving earlier than I had gone home or something, but I don't know. Like that's not Thanksgiving. Fuck. Fuck. Oh, it was spring break. It was spring break. But yeah, so he was in Boston. He ended up going back to Boston. So obviously nothing happened, but like I think it was after the third day of us talking like 24 7, you know, like pen pals as we do. He goes, by the way, I need to tell you something. And I was like, fuck do you have a girlfriend? Like, what, what is it going to be? And he said, and I, I shit you not, of all the things he could have said, I was not expecting this. He goes, by the way, I have cystic fibrosis. It's really serious. And my doctors don't think I'll make it to 30. <clears throat> what? What did you say to that? What? I mean, like, I, like, in a situation like that, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I hope you're well, how can I support you? Totally get why you wouldn't want like a relationship, but also are you okay? But also I ended up visiting Boston that semester and like hung out with him and we became good friends. I should probably check up on him. I haven't talked to him in a bit, but we still follow each other on Spotify and Instagram. So there's that. No hard feelings. 
But like that just kills me because it's like you. I find a guy. I have like such a knack for finding a guy who is great on paper. We meet great in person. But there's always something, whether it's a career, in his case, a life-ending disease uh, situation. Um, yeah, there's always something, basically, where I'm someone, I think it was my sister, or somebody said it, and they were like, you have a knack for finding the guys that leave. And I was like, fuck off, that is hurtful. But then I took a step back and evaluated it, and I was like, fuck, it's also so true. It's either they leave or I have to leave. Basically, it's just, and maybe it's just because we're young, but I've never found somebody that, you know, everything lined up. So that's where I'm at. And obviously, I know New York City isn't a permanent move for me. And I will get into it once I do my next interlude episode, which will be the tea on why I love Condé Nast. I know some of you guys are just fully here for the tea on Bon Appetit and Vogue, and I haven't. I'm going to give it to you, but y'all fucking ask for vulnerabilities. So you're going to get that first. Okay. Ooh, let's move on. Wow. I just am like evaluating all my life choices. And I'm like, I never thought that through all the shit I've gone through in my life, I would end up sitting on my bed on Valentine's Day at nine in the morning talking about all the guys who I've fucked over or have fucked me over. But you know what? C'est la vie. We're going to unpack all these feelings in those letters. So I'm going to now explain to you why I'm doing this. First off, obviously, I'm inspired by To All the Boys I've Loved Before. I love that book series. The movies, not so much. But my pod here in New York City joked around that I literally am Lara Jean and I was so offended because I am way louder, way less wholesome, and I'm kind of definitely a ho sometimes and she's not. But I was I stopped and I thought about it and I was like, mm, I have literally written love letters to guys I've dated before. So ew, I am a simp. <laughs> but I just thought that it was like really fitting to the theme and Valentine's Day. And for me, I feel like it's it's not as personal for me to speak to you about this experience. I think it would be more insightful for me to speak to this person, even though I know they will probably never listen to it, and have you guys hear about the interactions via that perspective and unpack it as you will through that. I just feel like in terms of vulnerability, me speaking hypothetically to that man is going to be the most vulnerable and the most raw and the most real. And so I'm <laughs> going to give that to you. LOL, kill me if you guys ever send this to the guys. Fuck me. But it's the internet. It's what I asked for. I can't blame you. Whatever. But again, if I was going to go live on the internet and read some of these letters, I wanted there to be some sort of a lesson or a theme of sorts. Otherwise, why would you care? Uh, so that brings me to Wong Fu Productions video that they released eight years ago now. So like, OG YouTube, you guys. It has Keena Grannis and Henry Shum Jr., like pre Crazy Rich Asians, pre hype. It's such a fucking good video. It's called The Last. I'll link it in the video notes. But y'all, this video has lived rent free in my mind for almost a decade now. Basically, I don't want to like spoil it. It's like a 12 minute long video. Just watch it. But basically, this guy is describing the five girls he's loved in his life through the lens of the who, the what, when, where, and why. And so for the rest of this interlude, Valentine's Day, I am going to tell you about the who, what, when, where, and why I loved in my life. So for all of you that wanted more vulnerability from me, buckle the fuck up because we are about to hit Sim Nation. Here we go. Oh my gosh, why am I nervous? I... I'm not going to name any of these guys by their name 
some of you may be able to recognize who they are. Some of you may not. And feel free to stalk the fuck out of me and put it together and like DM me your conspiracy theories because I fucking love that. But um, there's one person, the last, who I'm going to name by name because that's literally just like public fucking. It's like the public domain, basically. Look anywhere and you will know who my college boyfriend was. And I hate saying college boyfriend because he was more than that. But like, we're going to get into it. Okay. Let's start with who I loved. When I think of who I loved, I think of the boy that I met my freshman year of high school in my very first class. It's crazy to think that we met 10 years ago now because I remember so many details so clearly, but I imagine that's to be expected when you had been in love with someone for that long. I remember when he walked into that classroom and we sat next to each other. He gave me that confident smile of his and I found myself smiling back, even though I was about to shit bricks that it was my first day of high school and public school after nine years of private Catholic school. So yeah, I was about ready to cry. <laughs> Our teacher asked us if we were nervous and like the class as a whole and you and I, he and I, we're the only two in the class who had the balls to honestly raise our hands. And <laughs> I just remember we looked at each other and from then on we were thick as thieves. He became my best friend and one of the few people I have carried with me in my life for this long. I loved who he was and what he meant to me because he was just so full of charisma and confidence and charm and as a secretly pretty insecure uh, like young girl then being around him helped me feel so whole and he taught me a lot about myself he taught me how to love myself that I had to find myself worthy before turning to anyone else to love me he's who I loved because even after all of this time when I think of qualities I want in my partner he hits nearly every single box and I don't think that there is anyone else in my 23 years of existence so far that has just God, for lack of a better word, this is so fucking cheesy, ignited just this intense longing in me the way he did. I have countless poems and old angsty Tumblr posts about him, which a side note, you guys, I literally lost my Tumblr password. I don't even know what the email was, so I can't take any of that shit down. The internet lives forever, you guys. I have the 16-year-old me, like, immortalized on the, like, 13 to 16-year-old me immortalized on the internet, and I can't take it down, but okay, I digress. I saved all of the letters he wrote me, and I think one of them I've read so much, I could probably recite it verbatim, but we're not going to get into that, but I think maybe in his own way, he could have been in love with me too, but I think both of us cared too much to take the leap because when you're that young and you love someone so much, you just know that the odds of it lasting aren't realistic. And for us, the timing was never right. So I never took the leap. We kissed one time. And to everyone in high school that didn't know that, yeah, we kissed. LOL. Your conspiracy theories were true. We we did kiss. And in, call, in high school, for me, that was hooking up. Like, we hooked up. <laughs> but spoiler alert to nobody, we never spoke about it again. Uh... I'm guilty of still thinking about that kiss sometimes, uh, how when he leaned in, I looked at him and I remember asking him, what are you doing? He whispered, Lauren, it was bound to happen sometime. And like, oh my God, like how old was I? Like 16, 17? Like I was like, holy shit. 
we're about to do this and then we kiss and then nothing ever happens. So LOL joke was on me, but he is who I love and he will <clears throat> always be my greatest what if. We're still good friends to this day and I know he will be at my wedding one day, but he won't be the one I walk down the aisle to and a part of me still wishes he could be in that like wistful, nostalgic, like rose-colored glasses kind of way. We have the kind of love that lasts forever because no one ever took the risk that could have ruined it. And I can live with that double-edged sword, really, just knowing that I get to keep him for life. But I'll always remember the day he was in that stupid parody male talent show senior year and his talent was singing. And he sang in Ed Sheeran medley. And when he sang, give me love, he pointed at me and he did that little smile. And I remember throwing my head back and laughing. And actually in the video I recorded, you can hear this and you can see this. And I was just so glad that the room was dark and that no one could see me blush. I had a fleeting moment in that second to mouth the words, I love you to him, but I did. He's who I loved. Okay, there is like construction happening on my street. So if you hear that, I am so sorry. It's the sounds of New York City. I can try and get it out and post, but I'm not gonna. Like, we're gonna live with it. But let's move on to what I loved. <laughs> what I loved was the idea of love and the adrenaline that comes with your first romance. And for me, it was the one boy I dated in high school. And of course, like any first coming of age relationship, there was a lot of drama. This boy and I don't even talk anymore. So it's crazy to think someone who is a stranger now has so many of my firsts. My first high school dance, my first time going past a kiss, my first time like really truly feeling betrayal and heartbreak and I will never forget the anger and sadness and overall just like earth-shattering realization because when you're 15 yeah shit feels earth-shattering um so the earth-shattering realization that came from finding out that he was seeing someone else behind my back or like he was cheating on me and it's really not that deep we were kids but I back then it really hurt and knowing that some of our friends knew and never told me and it's all water under the bridge now but this love taught me that you really can't trust anyone else fully other than yourself and not in a cynical way it's just that you need to remember that you come first and until you meet that one person that proves you wrong that's just how it is and in this case this boy was not him i think that the two of us were just so caught up in the idea of high school sweethearts that we didn't stop and question whether our love and affection came from compatibility or mutual loneliness and curiosity and that's not to say that's wrong it's just looking back i wish i was more aware we loved each other's bodies and the way we could make each other feel. We loved locker talks and sneaky kisses during dance practices. And I loved the adventures that we went on and how new and exciting it all felt and how great it felt to be treasured and have someone by my side and look at you like with that sparkle in their eyes. But I don't think I was ever like really in love with him because I was, I was a kid. Uh, but he's what I loved. The idea and feeling of being in love. Ooh, when I love. Okay, this one. At the start of quarantine, when I was talking about a shitty ex, and on my TikTok, when I talk about a shitty ex, this is him, but I'm trying to be positive with all of them. But let's talk about when I loved. When your life, as you know it, 
is changing and virtually nothing is about to stay the same, aka the end of senior year of college, you cling to any sort of normalcy that you can get. You find comfort in these small consistencies you can hold on to. So one I loved is the boy I dated when I graduated from college. I think of our relationship almost as just like a meteor when it burns, it's so bright, and then in an instant it's just like gone and nothing's there. It's just like cold and sad in its wake. But when it's within orbit, all you can see is the glory and it's beautiful, but you know it's never meant to last and that's why he is one I loved. I was in the thick of my crazy single phase. Like after nearly four years of being in a relationship in college, it gave me one semester. That breakup gave me one semester to cram four years of my hoe phase into. So I went off. Maybe one day I'll tell you guys more stories from senior year because I was unwell. I was a wreck. But meeting him made me realize how much time I spent wasting on drunk nights with more goodbyes than there ever really were hellos and that a night with a faceless man a faceless and nameless man would never really fulfill me and then he happened and two weeks before my graduation before I packed up and uprooted my life again to move to New York City I decided to take a leap of faith and date him and what a fucking time that was It was tumultuous, to say the least. It felt like we dated for years the amount that we fought, and we hadn't even dated a whole year. As terrible as some aspects of that relationship were, however, he really did serve as an anchor, a constant during some of the craziest, most stressful, and, like, lonely times of my life. I really don't know how I could have made the transition to New York City without him. So even if you're not with someone forever, they're not your soulmate, they're not the person you end up with, they're not the the love of your life. I am a firm believer in that there is beauty uh, in ephemerality, that people are meant to contribute to your life for the time that they do. And our time together, mine and his, though short, is definitely immortalized by the memories I have of all the milestones I achieved in that short time. So he is when I loved. moving on to where I loved and this is the guy when I say that we broke up on my birthday this is him uh and I wrote this because I'd been planning this episode for a while I wrote this when I was so sad about this guy and like now I like look at him I'm like trash but I wrote this when I was still simping over him so keep that in mind while I go through this letter where I loved a partner inner life should always be expanding your world not shortening it and where i love is the first man i opened my heart to here in the big apple we spent our first date ditching the bougie bar scene in the east village and opted to split a bottle of wine in hopkins square park instead just after a rainy day so you know like that smell of the rain and it was a little damp and the air felt really nice We spent nearly five hours that night just talking. We were laughing, rolling our eyes at the rats that ran through the park and the mosquitoes that would never leave us alone. Like literally after this first date, I had 24 mosquito bites. That should have been a fucking like forewarning. I don't know. It was ominous. But really, we had such a quintessential New York City date. And I knew I was done for after that first date. When he asked me to hang out that night, like what I was doing that Friday, he asked me, he was like, what are you doing Friday or Saturday? And I'm pretty sure I had a date with somebody. 
and I canceled with that person because I wanted to hang out with him instead. When I think of him, I will think of scarfing down Levan cookies and staring at just this like endless expanse of stars and high rises as we were laying on my first apartment's rooftop with a bottle of red wine between us and all of the words we wish we could say but never did and all of the memories we wish we could make but never will because he was going he was applying to grad school and knew he was leaving in the fall and so we always had an expiration date and I just didn't think it'd be so soon I don't know I was deluding myself but I'll think of laying on a picnic blanket on my first apartment's roof surrounded by skyscrapers and honks and laugh from drunk people in the streets below but all I like really could hear and focus on is the music we'd be playing on my bluetooth speaker his laugh when I would say something self-deprecating and funny because as you know that's my sense of humor and his voice with its occasional southern twang because he was a Nashville boy uh, as he explained his life and his stories to me I will think of all the times we could have bridged the gap and just like held each other like lovers do but we didn't Because where we loved is New York City, and New York City never stays the same. It's a city filled with liminal-minded people, a city in which people come and go, but more often than not, never stay. And that's honestly the beauty and tragedy of love in New York City. One day, if I ever have kids and grandkids, I'm going to tell them the stories of my early 20s in New York City and the shenanigans you can really only get up to here. But he and I loved in a city that is only a chapter of our lives, not the epilogue. So I will treasure what we had through unspoken mischievous looks we give each other, the laughs obscured through wine glasses we shared and the way he kissed my tattoos like they were a prayer every night that we spent together. I will think of him and remember my first apartment in New York City, the trap house, shambling and tiny as it was, as we bumped hips while cooking meals and whispered about our hopes and dreams in that 8 by 8 box of a room, a private little corner of my world that I shared with him, hidden in solace from the world the wide world outside us that ultimately kept us apart. He once asked me if I had any what ifs in my life, that if I can go back in time, like, is there anything I would change? Um, And I think I like rolled over. We were laying in bed. I rolled over and I said to him, I'd like to believe in an alternate universe somewhere, our timelines aligned and that he wasn't just aware or a what if in my life. But for now, he is where I loved. Okay, now we're like actually getting into the thick of it, you guys, and this is where I might get emotional because I don't talk about it a lot. And everybody that I've met here, not a single person in New York City except for our mutual friends knows Ryan. And again, I'm going to say his name because it's like public domain at this point. And I'm not going to say anything bad about him. Like you could share this with him and I'm sure he'd listen and not be offended by anything I'm about to say. But basically... Nobody here in this city knows me and him other than our mutual friends. And I feel like I was a very different person when we dated. I feel like I've changed a lot. Um, But this is it. This is the relationship that I define my life, my love life in terms of before and after. Because it was so earth shaking and momentous for me. And at the time it was the long it ha- it still is the longest relationship i've ever been in and the longest i have loved someone um like that so this is why i love and i feel like for this one i really end up saying you i like wrote this and said you way more um 
than like the others that I wrote more in like the third person set. So I'm sorry that my like, I don't even know what it's called, but the perspective is going to change a little here because in order for me to write this, you guys, like this was so hard for me to write because I have spent so long trying to be uninspired by him. So I just like, in order to get to this mindset, I had to write it as if I was writing to him. So without further ado, here is a letter about why I love. Ryan, you were the first. Oh fuck, I like already feel the tears. Ryan, you were the first great love of my life. Maybe even a soulmate. And it's because of you that I refuse to settle in my life. And I mean that in the best way possible. Everyone who meets me today after you sees me as this career-driven, hyper-focused, ambitious woman. And none of those are lies. Uh, they even see me as this person who doesn't want kids, but never move for a man with a conviction that just can't be wavered. But what they don't know is the love story between you and me. Of all the men I've loved before, you're the only one with like the meet cute, <laughs> the, the one that feels like it was out of a movie and you're the only person I could have pictured a life with. I had decided I never wanted kids from about the age uh, 11. And then a year into our relationship, I realized that I could see that future with you so easily and so clearly that I could see myself as a mother, us traveling the world with two kids. Uh, you always wanted three. Baking pies for them like we used to for date nights in. Whew, this is harder to read than I thought it would be. Holy fuck, is this what therapy's like? Because I should probably go to therapy. Um, forcing them to wear matching shirts with us to Disneyland because we would be that family. And it all feels almost foreign, admitting now, because these were all feelings of a past me and a past you. And now we're virtually strangers with so much love loss in the void of time. And while I tell myself in the world that I don't want kids, I think that you are a living proof that it just takes the right person to bring out that side of me. Ah, oh, fuck. I am... Why am I crying? I think it's just because I'm on my period, but like, fuck this. Blah's like literally asleep in the room next to me and she's just going to wake up to me sniffling. How sad. But there's a phrase in Japanese called koi no yokan. And it means the premonition of love or that feeling upon meeting someone that you will fall in love with them. And that was our meet cute. We locked eyes at yearbook camp. And I knew, I just like knew that you were going to be something special. My college senior year thesis was focused on words that didn't have direct translations, and uh, this was one of them. When I asked the public to submit stories for words they relate to, you actually went and submitted a story, and we had been broken up already, but you were still trying to support me, and you wrote. I have the book in my hands, and I am trying to find it. Okay. Again, koi no yokan, the premonition of love, that feeling upon meeting someone that you will fall in love with that person. You wrote, I was photographing a workshop far from home and saw this girl through my camera who immediately caught my eye. She started talking to me as I walked around those few days and we really clicked. I wondered if our paths might eventually cross again to see what could have been. We parted our ways. Then a few months passed where we both still talked to each other once in a while and then we got an opportunity to meet up again. After that, we did indeed fall in love. Fuck. Whew. This last letter is... Okay, you guys asked for vulnerability, and here I am crying on my podcast for the first time, lol. That last letter, this last letter, is the most cathartic for me to write. You wrote that letter, and I invited you 
to fuck i'm literally like oh i'm so congested i'm crying lol i'm so congested i'm sorry you guys this is what happens when i cry you wrote that letter and i invited you to my senior thesis presentation when i knew you wouldn't couldn't come like we broke up but i just wanted you to know that in my book which is over 100 pages long in my preface you got a shout out and you never got to see it you probably never will and the odds of you even hearing this are so slim but here we go opening up my thesis again oh i'm getting like tears on it how sad okay i wrote r you may never read this but i hope you know it all started with you Meeting you the summer I was 16 made me realize I had kept my world limited to the comfort of my home state and that there are still so many adventures to be had. You sparked my travel bug and you saw potential in me I had never seen in myself. Without your wholehearted love and encouragement, I don't know if I'd have half the points on my resume nor half the confidence I do now. You constantly lifted me up and made me want to be better and I will always be so grateful to you for that you are my sunshine my solace and my love thank you for inspiring me fuck god i was a simp i'm still a simp i'm fucking crying but i wrote that at 21 now at 23 almost 24 i look back and i know that my success is my own but we have completely separate lives now um but you know like you will always hold a special part in my heart because it was you who was my anchor uh, that saw every side of me that the world around me doesn't get to see. You saw my insecurities, my greatest fears, my vulnerability. You saw it all. And the best way I can describe our four-year relationship is that you loved me the fuck through it all. And I am a stronger person now than I was when I met you at age 16 because of it. It's crazy to think that we once knew everything about each other. I knew the cadence of your heartbeat, your biggest hopes and fears, exactly what to do to make you melt. I have countless love letters from you, notes, photographs, books you gave me with your writing on the spine. I used to think intimacy was sex, but you taught me intimacy is knowing the nuances of a person so thoroughly that some of their nuances become yours and yours then. That's what love is to me and that's why I love. And that's not to say I'm in love with you anymore. I'm not. It's been years. I look back at the four years we spent. And it is crazy to think you were once the sun my whole world revolves around. And I am not who I was when I was 16. And who I was at 16 is not who I was when I was 21, when we broke up. Uh, and when you ended things, I was so angry. But I get it. It took a bit. But I do get it. You are living your dream in San Francisco. And if not for our breakup, I would have never moved to New York City. I would never know the people I do now. And I would never be the me that I am now. And for that, I am forever grateful. It hurt, but you and I breaking up was one of the best things we could have done for each other. We are virtually strangers now. But so many parts of me come from you. And I'd like to think you've held on to a few of my mannerisms as well. Whether it's a craving for Filipino food sometimes... Your go-to order becoming mine, a.k.a. a mango or peach black tea with less ice, less sweetness, but a lot of lychee jelly. Or um, your innate need to put the windows down and sing along during a drive when Hippocampus comes on. I hope you still think of me fondly, too, sometimes. Losing you was the hardest thing I've ever had to endure. 
It was like learning how to breathe again or learning how to walk. I remember breaking down one day because I was dating someone and said a phrase that you would always say to me. And it was nothing romantic or personal, even really that deep. Like, I think it was actually something really stupid and like surface level. But it struck a chord in me. It triggered me because I was like, fuck, he isn't Ryan. And I'm saying things I would say to Ryan. And I like broke down and crawled into bed with one of my roommates at the time and cried to her. And you know what she said to me? What if that's not something tied to how you love him? What if that's just how you love now? Like, what if that's just you? And it was like a moment of clarity because she was so right. And that is why I love to tie it back to the theme of all these love letters. Oh, traffic downstairs. You are why I love because you pushed me to be better in only positive and uplifting ways. You are why I love because you expanded my world from our travels in Italy to national parks. 24 hours a day with you never felt like a chore. And now I want to hike half in one day and my first Yosemite trip was with you. Those doors would have never been opened for me if not for you. Whew. You are why I love because you made me want to be a better person. It wasn't like uh, I felt like forced or pressured. I just wanted to be better for you. None of this fuck girl nonsense. And when I think about who I was with you, I see a girl who had balance. And one day I'll find that again and take every lesson you taught me and be better for that guy. Because I am sorry that what we had wasn't enough for us at the time. I was 21, you're 23, and we had our whole lives ahead of us. In another life, if we had met now, like successful in the same city i would like to think that we could have had the future together that we used to dream about and talk about but for now i will take every single lesson i learned from our time together to heart to one day be a better partner a better equal to the man i love you are why i love i will always love you how i do let go of a prayer for you Just a sweet word Holy shit, you guys. Wow. Okay. I, when I wrote those letters, I had no idea that I would get this fucked up and emotional over it. Um, so for all of you that asked for vulnerability, <clears throat> here you go. I hope you enjoyed. I hope it wasn't pitiful and hard to listen to. I hope you enjoyed it. But also if you didn't, I don't need to be this vulnerable ever again on this podcast. So there's that. Talk about a vibe change for the interlude. I promised you a vibe change. And you know what? Y'all got it. Um, wow. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to go chug some water. Uh, maybe go get a coffee to clear my mind. This was like, oh, I like put off recording this until Valentine's Day because I had such a heavy heart thinking about it because this type of opening up and vulnerability now is like hard for me and I used to be an open book with my emotions and um you know I feel like the after part of this is just like I worked so hard to better myself and to feel like I could be someone's partner and someone's equal and I pushed away these feelings for so long that isn't even like I really have feelings for any of these guys anymore it's just like I look back and I'm like what my like defense mechanism when things end is to not let it hurt. I don't like to wallow. I push through. So in the times that I do let myself kind of like open myself back up to those feelings, it like is like a dam, obviously. Um, and writing them down is one thing, but you guys reading some of that out loud, it, it, 
I don't know why it just hurts so much more. And I think it's just because it feels so much more real. And that's why I broke down. I really didn't think I was going to cry on this. Like I said it as a joke at the start. And then I got to the end and was like, Niagara fucking falls up in this bitch. So like, I am so sorry. Uh, but I just hope that for all of you that started listening to this and don't know me to the strangers, to my listeners, my supporters, to people that I met here in New York City that never saw those sides of me. I hope that this opens up a clarity to me that you didn't know existed before. Uh, I hope this was insightful. I hope that everybody who loves listening to my fuck girl episodes and like low-key judges me, but don't worry, I also judge me. I hope that you have a newfound understanding, if not respect for me. I don't know. I think that this was good to kind of like leave all on the table as I enter season two because I'm entering it completely single, unattached, and my life is just about to change again. And I'm going to talk about it in my next interlude episode with like the new job and everything. But um, this, I think this was overdue because I think I have hinted at a lot of these experiences with these guys in previous episodes. And so if you listen back, you will understand now so I feel like I mentioned these in a lot of like the romance episodes or like just terms of like you know my fuck girl ones you are going to understand my perspective so much more listening back and those are the funniest ones so yeah fucking go and listen to them again now that you understand why I am the way that I am um but yeah I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode if you did like comment subscribe this isn't a fucking YouTube I don't know why I'm saying that but take a moment and share this episode on your story because I think it is important to allow yourself to be vulnerable and to surround yourself with people who open themselves up like that so that you feel more, I guess, I, so that you feel like you can express your emotions because for a long time I didn't and that's why I break down the way that I do and, you know, I just, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I just really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Interlude number two, you guys asked, I delivered share this with a friend. And if you know any of the guys, fuck it. Feel free. Share it to one of the guys. I don't give a shit. I'll probably never see any of them again, but okay. Except for where or who? No, except for who. Definitely, I will probably see him again. Like, he's one of my best friends, but whatever. Okay. I'm going to stop rambling now. Don't forget to follow rookies on Instagram. Follow me at lordlapid.jpeg. Share this with a friend and subscribe to the show. Season two is coming soon, you guys. Big things. And my next interlude, I drop all the tea about Condé Nast, so definitely keep an eye out. Thanks for tuning in with me. I hope you guys all had lovely Valentine's Days with your significant other, with your best friends, with your pets, whatever you did. I hope you guys know that you are so loved and that the best is yet to come. Thanks, guys. Signing off. <laughs>